to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8. The book of Nehemiah. We're going to kind of springboard off where we were last week. I'm excited about the Word of God. If if you were to ask me, you know, Pastor, what what's the greatest thing in your life that's helped you to grow? I tell you, number one, reading the Bible. Number two, pray. I mean, that's that's really deep, isn't it? Reading your Bible and pray. Read your Bible, pray every day, and grow. Reading your Bible, and, and so that's why it's important that you let your eyes rest on the page. Amen. Even if you're using the phone, that's fine too, but I like the hard copy in my hand. Amen. Whichever one you're reading, that's right. Nehemiah, I had to find it myself. Let's pray and then let's release our faith. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for your mighty Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your people today. Thank you, Lord, that today we shall receive from heaven, heaven's best. And, Lord, we purpose to walk in your plan. We thank you for your, all your blessings in our life. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. In Jesus' name, amen. Nehemiah, who found Nehemiah? 8, verse 10. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to say that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I believe that there should be joy in the church. The church needs joy. Amen. And this is not just, as we said last week, it's not just the Christmas message. It is the Christian message. Good tidings of great joy. And so... The enemy, though, he sold the church the lie that it should be sad. I mean, I, I know what, that's the way it was with, with me growing up. You know, you, you just hear the organ music and you're just like, oh, man, someone died. And, um, you know, just, just the whole atmosphere it was just somber. It was just serious and just so, no, we're serious about the things of God, but just that whole religious cold. See, religion in itself is cold. And it's just, yes, it's lifeless and it's just, it's condemnation is what it is. And see, condemnation doesn't work. Condemnation kills and and condemnation steals from us. But he said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And he says here that the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, if I am down, if I'm depressed, if I'm discouraged, what is that a sign? It's a sign that I'm weak spiritually. And I'm going to be weak. So, so why does the enemy fight so hard to get people fussing and fighting or, or people to, to, to get depressed over something? What is that going to do? It's going to zap your strength out, right out of you. Thank you, Lord. And like we said... It's not just a superficial hilarity where you're just happy because of something. Now, it's okay to be happy about things in the natural. We know that. But what does it say? It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the Lord's joy. And I don't know if you know this. Jesus is not sad. Jesus is not, he's not weeping right now. He's not upset. But the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if I'm going to be strong, 
I'm going to have to let joy be in my heart. I'm going to have to let the things of God and his joy push out sorrow. It's going to have to push out those different things. And I was debating on a couple of different titles, not like titles matter to me for a sermon. But this one will do. Put your praise on. Put your praise on. See, people have the wrong idea of Jesus, don't they? They, they, they say, well, Jesus was a... Look at most paintings. You know, he's just so serious. And like one person said, I was reading this about, you know, like Bible customs. You know, you have some people that, that don't like women preachers. And uh, a lot of people don't. People that, you know, they, they need their mind renewed to the Word of God. But uh, we believe in women preaching. And so people um, will have, like someone was talking about Bible customs, they'll have up on their wall, they'll have a picture of Jesus wearing uh, clothing that would be a woman's clothing. But then they don't allow um, women to preach in the pulpit. But see, <laughs> you know, and so people see Jesus as effeminate. They see him as a, you know, he's speaking Elizabethan English, holding a lamb under his arm and saying, Yea, verily, I say unto you. And, but Jesus was a strong person. He was a strong man. And one of the things, you know, people say, well, you know, he was a man of sorrows. But see, that was only a small amount of time. Well, Jesus was a man of sorrows and he's acquainted with grief. Yeah, in our substitution. But I want you to know he's not acquainted with grief now. He's, he's not sorrowing right now. There, there was even a, someone had a ministry, Jesus Weeps Ministries. But Jesus is not weeping right now. Jesus, I mean, wouldn't we be in bad place? Jesus is our substitute. He's, he's the one that stands in the... Um, in the gap for us. And what if he was weeping? <laughs> the, well, doesn't the Bible say he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities? Yes, but that doesn't mean that he's crying about it. That means that he knows what it's like to be in a, in a physical body. He knows what it's like to, to, to live as a man. He knows the temptations. But he, and he overcame them all as well. So... You know, Jesus right now, he's not worried about your situation. He's not crying over it. He's not fretting over it. So the Bible says in Hebrews, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But that doesn't mean that he's going to do anything about them. I see how quiet it gets when you say something like that. Why? Because he is not moved by need. God, if God was moved by need, there would be miracles happening all over the planet right now. He's moved by faith and belief, not by needs. So that's why people, you know, that's why we can't respond in, in, in unbelief and respond in doubt and, and crying and, and tumult. And <laughs> Look at Jesus when he went to go raise the dead. What did he do? How many remember the times he put them all out? Why? They're just, woo. You know, just crying and tumulting, and <laughs> they just—they're just having all this this sadness. And Jesus goes to raise that child, and, and there was an atmosphere of unbelief in there, and they said he just put them out. In fact, when you see Peter, Peter was being just like like his master. In the book of Acts, it said he went in, and it said he put them all out. And then he went and raised the girl up. Why? Because you cannot operate in that realm and get things done. Now, I'm not saying that you can't cry when someone dies. That's not being unspiritual. That's being unnatural. Why? Because it's right. But, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years, four years, still mourning over the dog. Why you say that? Because people do. They, 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 it doesn't matter if it's an animal, if it's a person. That just means that that thing had more place in your heart that God should have had. Come on, don't get quiet now. 
Hallelujah. So he responds to faith, not just need. See, a lot of times, here's what happens in life. It's not the big problems that take people out. You ever heard that? You know, people say, well, you know, it was just too big. It was just too much. But the Bible says there, there is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. Let's see, people turn that around and say, well, you know, God won't put more on you than you can handle. That's not what that says. That's, that's totally a wrong focus. God will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. What does that mean? I think it's the, um, the Living Bible says this. There is no temptation that is irresistible. There is no temptation that is irresistible. So, you know, there's nothing that is there in your life that you can't overcome. What does that mean? God's faithful. He's not going to allow, you know, if you're a, if a, if you're a lightweight, he's not going to allow that heavyweight to come in, in the ring with you. Why? Because he's not going to allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. But here's the thing. Once you, you conquer him, guess what? The bigger they get. And so, well, it's kind of like my, my pastor said one time that, you know, he was playing the, the game Pac-Man. And woo, 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 the thing coming around. And then, you know, the thing dies. You know, it makes the noise and everything. And anyway, he said that, you know, then you play the second level, and then they get higher and higher, faster and faster. And he said this back in the 90s, and um, other people picked up on it, but he just said this, new level, new devil. And so, like, you get to a new level, and it's like a faster speed. But see, it's not something, when you start, you start advancing, there might be some other devils that come out, but they're still defeated. Yeah, that's true. You, that, may, that doesn't mean you have to the, the cry and say, oh, the devil's after me, you know. The, you know, it's like the one person that, that came to Brother Hagen one time, and they said, Brother Hagen, he says, uh, the, he said, I got good news. He said, the, the devil's on the run. He said, and he said, praise the Lord. He said, well, the only thing is I'm running and he's after me. Well, that's the wrong focus. The devil's not chasing after me. He, the Bible says that he's seeking whom he may devour. But I love that, that three-letter word, May. May. He's looking to see whom he may devour. But I, I, I'm going to let him know right now, you may not. You may not devour me. Amen. It's a choice that you make. Devil, you're not coming here and stealing from me. I may have not known things because of ignorance, but you, now I know the truth, and you're not going to steal from me. Hallelujah. And one way he steals from people is through depression through worry and fear. But it's not the giants that defeat people in life. Why? Because you see people in the Bible that defeat giants and, and, and things that seem insurmountable. And so here's, here's what you have to get. It's not the, because the problem's so big, but because the faith was so little. But, you know, if you build your faith up, and you, you build up about how big God is. Those things are just, they'll just fall off. Amen. But one of the best ways to activate faith and joy is to begin to praise. To begin to praise God. I want you to look in the book of Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. In verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. So that's what the gospel does. And that's what we see Jesus preached everywhere he went. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we see all these, these four different things. But I want you to look in verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, 
the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. But I want you to notice what happens when we, when we have the gospel, when we have the anointing. What's going to happen? We're going to have beauty for ashes. Who's ever felt just ash ugly? You know, circumstances. Beauty, he gives, he's going to give us beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. What did we read last week? Weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. So he's going to give us the oil of joy for mourning. Look at this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. No matter what those things are, whatever those things are that would try to weigh you down. Any burden. Anything that would try to push you down. And look at verse 4. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolation. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You know, we are all ministers of the Lord, wherever you're at. Well, I don't stand in a pulpit. Well, you're still a minister of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast themselves. For your shame you shall have double. And for confusion, you, they shall rejoice in their portion. Who's ready for double this year? Not double trouble, but double for your trouble. <laughs> Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Say that, I'm going to possess double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. I like that. Everlasting. That means it's not just a little dab and then it's gone. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. You know, the Bible talks about people being envious of the people of God. I think we should be, people should see the church and be envious. You know what? I don't understand that, but you know, I tell you what, something's working for them. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, verse 10. My soul shall be joyful in my God. You notice this is a decision. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my God. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. <clears throat> well, you know, brother, I, there's nothing I can be happy about. Are you saved? Yeah, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Or are you on your way to heaven? Then that's something to be, I don't care if, if worst case scenario, they take my stuff. They repossess everything. You die from sickness. I'm going to heaven. I mean, there's nothing to be sad about. I'm not going to, you know, even if someone went to heaven, if you thought maybe even if it was premature, maybe they died in the prime of life or early, they're not going to be there and say, well, you know what? I shouldn't be here. And, and you know, I, I, Lord, I think I should go back. <laughs> There's, there's been so many testimonies here of people that, that went to heaven and, and the Lord said, you're not done yet. You know, they, wh whatever they're, they're calling in life. And, and, you know, they didn't want to go back at first. Except to help people. But notice he says, he's clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. We talked about being decked out. There we go. And as, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth her bud, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. 
Amen. I believe that that's, that's going to be such a sign to people about this church. That it's a joyous place and that praise springs forth. Amen. Why? Because he turned my morning into dancing. Amen. I have something to, to shout about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something to shout about. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because he's going to cause my righteousness and my praise to spring forth before all the nations. And so we said, we made this statement last week that, that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? It's, it's evidence. You know, we should provide evidence to people just by our life. If fruit is there to be partaken. So if you have fruit of, I'm not being fruity, but being fruit in your life, you know, you don't want somebody to say, man, that person's fruity. You know, they don't, you don't want that, but you want fruit to be in your life to where people can partake of that fruit. Oh, boy, you've got a lot of joy there. Let me, let me have some of that joy. Let me partake of that. But see, joy is a fruit of the born-again spirit that's in contact with God. And so I want you to notice what Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says this, And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Now he's talking about all these things about, in verse 5, mortify your members which are upon the earth. What's he talking about? He's talking about the flesh. The things that would be of the flesh, kill those things, put them to death, subdue those. But, he said, and then in verse 9, don't lie one to another, seeing you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. So what do we have to do? We have to put on the new man. Part of putting on the new man is putting on joy. Why? Because you don't always feel joy, do you? Do you always feel like walking in love to people? Some honest answers. Do you always feel, you know, oh, I just have such warm feelings for them? And there's sometimes, I mean, like, I, like one person said, that you're walking in love the most when you feel like slapping somebody. But you don't. And you pray for them and you give them $20. Now that's exercising your spirit. <laughs> you know, peace. Joy. You're walking in joy the most when you feel like crying. But you don't. And you stand up and say, I don't care how I feel. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Lord, your praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to make, let my soul have its boast in the Lord today. Soul, I'm talking to you. You be happy. You be joyful. You rejoice in the Lord today. So when <clears throat> Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said, I don't ask... Wigglesworth, how he feels, I tell him. I tell him. Well, he knew that he was the custodian of that house that he lived in, talking about the body. Amen. You know, he would look at himself in the mirror and say, God, living in, God is living in that man. Woo! God is living in that man. But here's, notice what he says here. Put on the new man. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm not a put on. You know, I, if, I'm just real. I, I'm not a put on. If I feel it or if I don't feel it, you know, I'm not going to act like that. <clears throat> you know, I'm not, I'm not a put on. Well, what about this? The Bible likens it to the, the garment of praise. <clears throat> Matt, come here just a second. Okay. So, so Matt has this coat on. All right, take it off just for a second, and then we'll, just for an illustration. So Matt comes in, and he's cold. And um, he says, Pastor Will, it's really cold out there, and, I, and I'm still just, I'm really cold. And, and um, I say, okay, and, and don't do it yet, but. Then I just tell him, I'll tell him, well, just put your coat on. Well, I'm not a put on. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm cold, then I'm just, 
I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I'm not because I'm just real. And, and I say, no, but just you'll feel warmth. Just put, just put your coat on. No, I, I'm not a put on. You know, if I'm cold, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not. I'm, I'm going I'm to say what it is. If I'm cold, I'm cold. <laughs> but then we say, okay, no, just, just put, put one arm through there. Put your right arm through there. Okay, is he automatically warm yet? Is he automatically like, man, I'm just so transformed? No, we say, okay, go and put your left arm and put the coat on. Okay, is he, he may not be completely warm yet, right? Thank you, Matt. <laughs> but what's going to happen? As he, as he continues to let that warmth, he's going to feel a little bit, but as he continues to, to let that cover him, he's going to feel all that warmth coming into him. People say, well, you know, I don't feel that. I'm just real. Yeah, real carnal. <laughs> the same thing. You may feel like depression trying to, to, to get on you. You may feel something. And, and, and someone say, hey, brother, just put on some, some the garment of praise. Well, you know what? You know, if I don't feel like it, you know, and, and I don't feel real, you know, I'm just, I'm just real about this. And and I'm not going to just act like something's not, if something is true, then it's true. You know, I'm not going to act like I don't have those bills. You, you know, I'm not going to act like the, the tax collector and the, the bill collector and the, and the claims are, they're calling my house. Who's ever had those? I mean, I had those years ago and it, I'd be at work and get a call. This is Discover card. Um, and it's like, sorry, I'm working right now. You know, go back to work. <laughs> They're looking for a minimum payment on the phone. And, um, yeah, so I know what it's like to get those kind of calls. But see, it doesn't matter how you feel. So what do you do? You begin to put on that praise. You begin to put one arm up in the air. Lord, I just praise you. Are you there yet? No, you're not, you're, you're not completely there. I mean, you're, you're, you're moving in the right direction. Lord, I just thank you. And then what happens? Something, something hits you in life and says, pull that arm down. Don't you know what you have to worry about? Don't you know what you have facing you? And so you just had to lift that other arm, that arm back up. Then you had to lift that one up. And that's, you're putting praise on. You're putting it on like a garment. Just as real as Matt put on that coat. Now, does everything change automatically? Is there a time of standing maybe? Is there a time that he has to, to stand in faith to see the victory? But see, if you, you just have to get people to, to put that on and to keep it on. You know, just like, just like uh, our youngest. You know, he's, you would have thought he was born, I, I don't know, in an igloo or something. <laughs> like an igloo because he'll be going out in sh shorts and stuff and, and it's like, Son, put, put some kind of clothes on, you know. Yep. Actually, both of them are like that. And um, wearing shorts today. And that's, <laughs> but, um, you know, you have to convince people. Okay, put your praise on. I don't feel like it. <laughs> you, know, you do. And just, 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 you know, you have to give people a spoonful, just like kids, you know. Here, eat your vegetables. Here, put your praise on. And um, because, you know, it's not the hearers of the word that are blessed. It's the doers. You know why? Because a lot of people, you'll, you'll give them Bible verses. And what's the first thing they say? I already know that. It's like a, I, heard, I heard this, uh, this minister. He used to work with uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagin in his healing school. He did that morning, noon, and night. He said that he would go in there. He said, on Monday morning there would be death in the room. Why? Because people come in as a last resort, um, given up by the doctors, and it was a last place. And um, he said, those people come in there, and they knew the Bible. And so he said he'd be, he thought to himself, well, let me start with this verse, Isaiah 53. 
He said they would finish the verse as he's preaching. He said, well, let me, let me try this one. Matthew 8, 17. <laughs> he himself took my infirmities and And they would say, bro, then say they say, Sonny, about, we, we heard Brother Hagen, we've known Brother Hagen since you were in diapers. And they, they, they was telling him this. I said, you know, he's there in preaching. And like, we already know that. And like he said, you want to tell them, well, how come you're not healed? Or how come you're not? <clears throat> but you don't. But, you know, it's not enough just to say that I know something. I can know everything about working out, about nutrition, but it's a whole other thing to actually do it. It's like flipping the switch. It's just like you got to turn the key from, from just knowing it to actually doing it. And a lot of people, they just, you know, in all these areas, they just need to be built up in their spirit. But it's, a, it's one thing to know I already know that. And, and see, what happens, people grumble about it. And like, I already know that. I already know that. And they're getting bitter. It's like, well, if you know that, then just, just praise God. Just do it. And, that, and that's why sometimes you just have to just grab people, figuratively speaking, and, and, and shake them till their teeth rattle. Why? Because you, sometimes you can know what's good for somebody, but until they grab a hold of it themselves. But he says here, in fact, let me, let me go over to Hebrews. So as you begin to praise God, God's presence fills your life. And you choose which garment that you wear. Hebrews 13. You choose which garment you're going to put on. So it's not the greatness of the problem, but it's your faith that's going to determine the outcome. Remember what Jesus told people? According to your faith, be it unto you. As you have believed, let it be done. And we're talking about people that had major problems. So if Jesus looked at you and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What would you think? You know, what if, what if someone said, well, how did you get healed? My faith. To the untrained person, that might be pride. But Jesus told them, your faith made you whole. So then if, if they went and told it, so, so it's not just up to the will of God. It's not just according to the plan of God, but it's according to your faith. So that's why it's always, you have people that, that can have this situation that looks like just a little thing, but it takes them out. And then this other person has this huge problem, and it seems like they just go unscathed through it. Why? Because of their faith being built up. Them exercising their faith. Amen. Because you can have notebooks full. You can have cassettes, if you remember cassettes. You can have CDs. You can have everything. You can have Bible on tape. You can have all that. But, but still be a weakling if you're not exercising your faith. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So you choose the garment. But, but, you know, even in church, like I was saying, there's too much mourning and sorrow. I mean, I remember. I'm just going to paint a picture real quick. I remember being in church. And you go and this was just my experience. So let me use my experience because I know about me. But we would go to church. And that was the time when especially... You know, the music, the prelude music would start. A little bit of Mendelssohn or Bach or some classical composer, you know. And, uh, you know, the music would start and then you hear the organ playing. And all of a sudden it's like, you just have this like rigid, like you just sit there and just, you don't know what you're supposed to do, you know. And you're just, you just, you look all pious and just. And if you, you know, God forbid you open a mint up, someone will pinch you, you know, from the, <laughs> from the, the pew behind you. Now, I know, I know growing up, <laughs> and as a kid, you know, you'd lay down on the, I'd lay on the pew, and then you'd reach your hand up there, and, and I can't tell you how many pieces of gum that were stuck up underneath the pew. 
It's like people have no more respect for the, the things of God. They're gone from 1928 in there, you know. <laughs> but see, it, it, it's, that's what the devil wants. He, wants. he wants there to be no joy, no life. Why? Because the sounds that we allow in our life is what's going to determine our destiny. As the sound goes in your world, so goes your world. So you allow those sounds. We were, we were in a restaurant yesterday. And um, I commented, and I've always noticed at this particular place, the music is just awful. <laughs> and my wife said, it's so they can get you in and out. You know, because it's, it's like, I mean, it's like hard rock from the 80s and stuff. And, and it's just like, I mean, the guy's in pain when he's singing. I mean, let me just tell you. And um, just has no voice or anything. It just, it's like, my gosh, you know, it's torment. And she's like, well, that's to, to help get you in the restaurant and get you out of the restaurant. But, you know, if you go in a restaurant and it's all real nice music, and you ever notice in a grocery store they don't play that kind of music? They, they play that music that lulls you to stay an extra two hours to shop. You know, it just, you know, and if you go into a place, a, a real nice department store, you know, they have those chairs in there. That's for the men to sit down, and, and they, they serve you things while your wife is in there for, to help, help them shop in their experience. But see, whatever sound you allow in your life, that's why I want you to notice what um, Hebrews 13 says right here. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. You know, that brings, to me, that brings out several things. We'll look at it here in just a minute. But uh, you can just hold your place there. I'm going to read from the book of Psalm, Psalm 67. Psalm 67. In verse 5, Psalm 67, 5 says, Let the people praise you, O Lord. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. So, I've always loved this verse, because it says, Let the people praise you, let the people praise you, then shall the earth yield her increase. How do you get increase in your life? One of the best ways is by living a life of thanksgiving. Living a life of praise and worship. You're going to have increase start to come into your life. The earth shall you know, increase and God, even our own God, shall bless us. Is there an area in your life that you need increase in? Well, just begin to praise the Lord over that area. Lord, I just thank you today for healing in my body. I just thank you, Lord, that the power of the Lord is working in my body. Lord, affecting a healing and a cure. Lord, I thank you that, that Lord... Even though I've experienced a setback, I thank you that you're bringing me out. I thank you. I'm a tither and I'm a giver. I'm a sower of seed. And, and things are working in my behalf right now. Favor is coming to me. And, and Lord, the angels are working on my behalf. Favor goes before me. It opens doors and no man can shut. It shuts doors and no man can open. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about getting excited. You, you just get excited on the word of God. And you know, you can't overdose on the word. <laughs> you can just... You can have as much as you want. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know, it's amazing how people read the Bible. They'll read the word. They'll read 40 chapters, and the only thing they get out of it is, whoa, whoa, <laughs> woe is me. Amen. It's, it's all depending on what you want to get out of it. <clears throat> but let me say this. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. What does, what does doubt do? It despairs. Because here's what, what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to go down that road of, of despair, of complaining. 
and of depression. And some people have gone down that road and never come back. And that's the thing. You can go down that road and never come back. You can go down that road too far and never come back. But doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. But faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Let me say it one more time. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. You know, one thing about faith, faith is never depressed. <clears throat> faith is never down. That doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted to be down. But we know we have the victory. But I want to give you just a couple points here from this verse in, in Hebrews 13. You know, you, that should be a verse that you mark in your Bible. If you can't write in your Bible, go get one that you can write in. <laughs> let me read that verse again. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The actual Greek actually says, confessing to his name. So number one, praise is a sacrifice. What does that mean? That means that's something that we can give. Now we see in the Old Testament they dealt with sacrifices and Jesus was the final sacrifice. But there are sacrifices we can do today. And one of them is the sacrifice of praise. Continually giving thanks to his name. So that's something we're supposed to offer up. Well, I, I didn't think we were under the law. Well, we're not talking about law. We're, we're not talking about animals and, and things like that. We're talking about offering up yourself and offering up praise. You know, the Bible talks about the, in the book of Revelation that the prayers of the saints coming up as a sweet odor and incense. Well, how about our praise? So it's something that we can give, but then also this. This side of it. Many times it is a sacrifice. Why? Because we don't feel like it. So what do we do? We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We used to sing that 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> and um, so we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. I haven't sang this since 93. <laughs> Da, 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 da. But that's what we used to sing. Just good, good word-based songs. Just, just word-based. That's all that it needs to be. But see, many times it is a sacrifice. And so what do you have to do? Lord, I don't feel like it, but I just give you the sacrifice of praise. Who always feels like going to work on Monday morning? Not, not, not everyone. Quite the, quite the opposite. Who does feel like going? But then your wife makes you go. Amen. Amen. It's kind of like the one, the one guy, the one guy, you know, he didn't want to go to church on Sunday morning. And the, and the wife said, you have to go. No, I don't want to go today. You have to go. Well, why should I go? Well, number one, people are looking for, you know, they're expecting you to be there. Number two, you've given your word. Number three, you're the pastor of the church. <laughs> so, you know, you, you may not feel like it, but you, you have to go and do what God's called you to do. So it can be a sacrifice. But number two, it is something that is acceptable to him. If we do it with the right heart and the right motive and everything like that. It is something he receives. What a, what a thought that we can give to the giver. We can give something to God. You know, people think, well, you know, I, I can't give anything to God, you know, and God's just going to do whatever he wants to do. But no, the Bible says I can give something that will be acceptable to him. Then number three, something that should be done all the time. It's something that should be done all the time. The sacrifice of God continually. Everyone say continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. One thing about it, 
you know, and not that you do things for a show or for other people's sake. But people should know when they get around you, there's a, there's a one in three chance that I'm going to hear a hallelujah. There's a one in two chance I'm going to hear a, a praise the Lord. Why? Because that's just something that, that comes out of you. And, um, you know, I, I, I like this, this example. Um, I think it was Dr. P.C. Nelson who wrote the Bible Doctrines book. And I gave this example once, but um, he had got filled with the Holy Ghost. He was actually a Baptist minister. And um, I believe for like 21 years, he had had a, a major car accident and they were going to remove his leg. And um, anyway, he got... He got prayed for, and um, he got healed. So he got um, over to divine healing, and then also he got filled with the Holy Ghost. So he became, and um, he studied linguistics in college. And so someone asked him one time, Dr. Nelson, how many um, languages um, are you proficient in? He said 32. He could read and write. Well, that's pretty good. At one time, he was the number I believe he was the number um, two Hebrew scholar in the world, number one in Greek. And so he wrote that book on Bible doctrines that we have. <clears throat> but he, um, he was asked to come to um, he, one of his friends from seminary had asked uh, him to come preach at his church, at the First Baptist Church in a certain place. And um, he said that uh, he's sitting there on the platform waiting to, you know, before and you know, like a lot of platforms will have the, the pastors sitting on the chairs up there. And we don't quite have room for that up here. And so, and um, anyway, he said that, uh, of course, it's not like I'm seated any time during the service either. So, um, but anyway, he comes up there and he's sitting and, and renewed acquaintance with him and hadn't seen him in years. Well, as they're sitting there, every once in a while he'd just say, well, praise the Lord. He said, he, it's like he jumped the Baptist pastor, he said, oh, hallelujah. And he just, you know, just every once in a while, just a, a, a thing of praise would come out of him. And he said, um, they went out for lunch after the service. And um, he said, I, they were sitting there, and he said, oh, hallelujah. And finally, the, the, the pastor said, I believe that just has become a habit with you. He said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're always saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He said, I believe that that's just a, a habit with you. He said, well, it's, it's a habit I used to not have until I had this experience. And um, he was just talking about the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking to yourself and being filled to overflowing. So that's a, that's a habit we should all have. Amen. And I believe that this year, you know, if we take inventory of ourselves, we can look back and say, you know what? I can come up a little bit higher. I could come up a little bit higher. You know, don't, and that's not for us to, to judge one another, but to judge ourselves. Yeah. Amen. It's okay to judge yourself and say, you know what? I, I, need to, I need to come up a little higher. I need to go to another place in God. Amen. And, and one of the ways that we're going to do that, and, and whether you know it or not, the Bible says that we're living in perilous times. Hard times. I mean, even talking to people that I, you know, talking to people that, oh, I have, I've never seen things like this in my life. You know, and just, just things, and, you know, things are different in the world. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're in the end of the end, the last of the last days. And, you know, you know how you're going to win? You know how you're going to succeed? How you're going to make it through? Just like Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and even now he's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So if you're going to make it through, you're going to have to have some joy. I think I preached a message one time a couple years ago, joy for the journey. And I'm sorry if it just comes out. It's just, it's, it's part of my DNA, and I've got to have my joy fix, and I've got to have, you know, I've got to have my peace, and I've got to have my joy. Amen. And so that's how God wants us to live. That's how God wants to live through every circumstance. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you right now for the greater one who lives within us. Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, that we can be filled to overflowing with you. Lord, we, did, we right now, Lord, we put on the garment of praise. Lord, whether there ha, where there has been heaviness, where there has been, Lord, just things that would come against people. Lord, we put on, we put on praise. Just like we can put our coat on, Lord, it's a decision. We put on praise right now, and we give you thanks. We give you praise, Lord. We look unto you, Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before, you endure the cross, despise the shame. Even now you're seated at the right hand of the throne. So, Lord, right now we just look to you. Hallelujah, Lord. We stir up the gift of God that is within us. We stir up the gift of God. We bless you, Father. We bless you. Lord, we offer the, the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Lord, we offer with shouts of joy. Hallelujah. Lord, let the saints be joyful. Let the saints be joyful. Lord, thank you that the River Church is a joyful church. Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, we stir up. We stir up the gift of God on the inside. We shout. We praise. We magnify you, Lord. Lord, that you've given us something to shout about. Lord, that we're not going to be down. We're not going to be depressed. Lord, that depression has no place in our life. We refuse to be down. We refuse to let the, 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 the devil bring things in. We refuse to stay in that place. But Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. Ha <laughs> ha. We rejoice in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. The Bible says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be trial of fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Hallelujah. So when things come against you, you don't have to wait for some feeling. You don't have to wait. You know what? The book of Habakkuk, you should read the last chapters, only, I think, three chapters. I mean, Brother, Brother H... We'll call him. Brother H had some problems. And you know what it said? I mean, look at Job. At famine and destruction, you shall laugh. You've got to be kidding. At famine and destruction, you shall laugh. Like we said, we're not talking about laughing at someone else. That's laughing at in your own life when, when you have famine. Famine in different areas. Destruction in different areas. What do you do? You can never unscramble eggs. But you just add some cheese and, and tomatoes and make a nice omelet out of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what do you do? You, you, when you rejoice and you look at that, look, Habakkuk, he, he talked about though this fail, though, though this doesn't come in, though the, the livestock and, and this, he said, yet will I rejoice in the Lord God of my salvation. Because you know what people will tell you? If you understood 
how bad it is in my life. To God, your problem uh, against God and His power, your problems are nothing. Make them look like Mickey Mouse problems. But you know what the problem is? People are impressed with their problems. They're impressed. So, so I'm sure Dreamer, he's not, he's not concerned about what he's going to eat today. He's not concerned. You know what? I'm really hungry and I, I, could, I need something today. No, he knows if he stays close, he's going to be fed. Hallelujah. So there's, there's times you just have to talk to yourself and say, you know what? You know, the, the psalmist said, soul, he talked to himself. Soul, you be glad. Soul, why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. You know what that word hope means? Expectation. Expectation. You know what the Bible calls the rapture? The blessed hope. Now, we use that word in our vernacular to mean what? Desire. If I were to ask you, hey, do you want to, are you going to do that? Well, I sure hope so. What does that mean? I want it to be. I desire for it to be. But in the Bible, the word hope means confident expectation. So according to the Bible, you have faith and that gives you hope. Don't you mean hope then faith? No. You have faith and that faith gives you hope, which is confident expectation. And if I'm expecting something good to happen, why am I going to be down about it? It's just, it could be just a temporary setback. We've all had setbacks. But setbacks are not fatal. They're not final. So what do you have to do? You have to rejoice. I mean, I don't care what you've got to do. You know, you, you can run around, you can dance. And you can say, God's given me double for my trouble. Double portion. Amen. Double portion. <laughs> and you have to just look at things. And I know it's simple, but you have to say, ha, ha. I mean, you may have not laughed so long that you have tears in your eyes when you can, and it hurts. Ha, ha, he, he. And you just stir it up. You know, the Bible says in um, Isaiah, I believe Isaiah 12, it says, Therefore with joy shall you draw from the wells of salvation. Now, we know that we do it by faith, but with joy. With joy, I'm going to draw from the wells. Why? Because there's a well on the inside of you. There's a well deep on the inside of you, but you have to let it out. And, and a, lot of, a lot of believers, a lot of people have not laughed in way too long. Way too long. People think it's a sign of, of holiness to not laugh. People think it's a sign of maturity. Well, you know what? We used to be radical and we used to be excited, but now we are mature. No, if you smiled, your face would creak. You open your mouth, there's cobwebs. You, you, you just have to, you have to just stir it up. Amen. And for a lot of people, that means getting off in their car somewhere, getting off on the, you know, wherever they can. Probably not the best place in Walmart just to stir it up, but that's okay too. You might just be a sign and a wonder. Amen. But I want you just this week, stir up, stir up the gift. Stir up the joy. Stir up the joy. And just laugh. That's why the Bible says, you know, and I made a comment about this. Kids have no problem. They have no problem, you know, if they're happy, what happens? Your kids, if they're happy, do they let you know? Do they say, oh, dad, I shouldn't have said that? You know, it's the, 
you know, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have got excited. You know, it takes the world teaching you to be down. It takes the world teaching you that, that you can't laugh anymore. That, that things are just too serious. Amen. <laughs> but you know what the Bible says? When we see him and, and we enter the kingdom of God, he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the... People don't even want to say it. The joy of thy Lord. Amen. And so joy is a force. Just like faith is a force, joy is a force. Amen. And I'm not willing to be without it. I'll do whatever it takes to have it in my life. I'll do whatever it takes to keep joy. I've got joy like a river. Amen. And it's going to flow. It's going to flow. And, and, but then to keep it, you have to give it away to other people. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone bow their heads just for a moment before we go. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the service today. We thank you for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And if you're in this place and maybe you've known the Lord, or maybe you've never accepted Jesus in your life, or, or if you're in this place and you've known the Lord, but you went away from but you want to come back today. I want to come back in that fellowship. I want to know that joy that I once knew. Because there is no joy outside of Jesus, outside of the Christ, the anointed one. And if that's you, we want to pray with you for you. With no one looking around, just raise your hand and say, include me in that prayer. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The joy of the Lord. The Bible says there's joy, more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than of 99 just. And that's why we want to make heaven sing the songs of joy all the time with, with those coming into the kingdom. Hallelujah. So we want to pray with you and for you. If that was you, just... Take a bold step. Come up to the front. We want to pray. We want to do just what we said. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is an awesome day. And this is when people respond to the Lord, it should be something we never take for granted. Amen. And it's so, it's so important because a lot of people, they don't, they don't recognize the seriousness of it. You know, a lot of people, you give an altar call and they think, oh, it's the time to, to leave. Like we're, but this is not a time to dismiss. We'll be through in just a minute. It's not a time to beat the other crowd to the restaurant. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to just pray this with me. And everyone, just reach your hands out. We're going to just pray one prayer that, that, that covers everything. Amen. Say, say this. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, believe I believe that you died for me, that you, died for me. That you were raised from the dead. I ask you right now, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Let me never be the same. I believe that you're coming back again for me again. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me now. I give you my all. I give you my all. I give you my everything. I give you my everything. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus.
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says when we do that, that as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes when you tell people in church they can have joy and they think, here? <laughs> now? Well, if not now, when? If not here, where? If not you, then who? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.